0: okay I'm actually starting to believe it when people think oh you look so much younger and you seem so much younger and I'm not trying to be younger but I also realize I don't want to live an older lifestyle because I did the whole adult thing up until this point I raised a child you know I started a business I owned a home I got married like you know it's so like I've been through the gamut and I was like I just want to have fun and experience things without all this responsibility on my shoulders. This is Brittany. And I'm Kaylee. And you're listening to the Spicy
1: Margaritas Podcast. Where the drinks are stiff, not the interviews. Each week we discuss all things entertainment with some of your favorite personalities in the industry. To learn their stories and get an unfiltered look at life away from the camera. And why the margaritas? Because they're awesome. And helps keep our conversations a A little little on on the the
0: spicy side. side. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Spicy Margaritas Podcast. We are now on episode six, and I'm so excited that we're just this far in the season. You know, it was such a crazy whirlwind getting this whole podcast started, and now it's
1: flowing, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Me too. This has been something I more your idea than mine, but I'm so glad you talked me into this adventure with you because we've had a lot of fun interviewing people and getting behind the scenes and digging and I hope everyone else has enjoyed it as much as we have. Yeah, it's really nice
0: because sometimes your conversation with people can get cut short. So this is a way to kind of, you know, get a little deeper, get a little bit more of the story and, you know, get some people like Cody that are just all about drinks and having a good time. And we've had some fun guests this season. So today, we're actually going to flip the script just a little bit. Um, Kaylee's actually going to be doing a little bit of an interview on me. I've had some listeners that are still asking questions about my experience on the show. And we thought, well, why not just do this on the podcast? Because it's just as much my story as it is getting to learn everybody else's.
1: So we decided that it would be good to learn about you and your history. I know we talked a little bit about it on the first episode, but I think we should dig a little bit deeper about your TV experience and how it's changed you, kind of um, a little more about your background. And then, of course, some of these listeners submitted questions, which I I can't wait to get to that part.
0: (laughs) Yes, everybody wants to know the details on my dating story. Lots of questions about dating. So I think that's going to be really fun to dive into. So we're going to go ahead and transition into our Margarita segment of the week. And we'll be right back with that for you guys.
1: elephant Tequila came into the market in 2010, competing with more than 150 different tequila brands coming out every month. Owners Chris and Oni had a vision of using century-old methods to perfect and refine a taste so pure, so smooth, that you can sip it on the rocks. Headquartered in El Paso, Texas, Elefant is already a recognized brand throughout the city and restaurant industry. An ultra-premium, handcrafted product, Elephant is 100% Blue Weber agave and is distilled in El Salito, Jalisco, Mexico. Their Blanco, Toasted Reposado, Aged Añejo, and Ultra-Aged Extra Añejo are perfect for any occasion. There is no better tequila for our spicy margaritas, and we look forward to drinking it each time we record. If you love tequila or margaritas, you've got to get a bottle of Elephant tequila in your home. Check them out on Instagram at Ella Fon Tequila, E L A F A N tequila, or online at elafontequila.com. Good thing I got my combat boots on today. <laughs> I wish the camera could see that. <laughs> Before I do for duty, let's do this. That's her, That's her every night when she bartends.
0: We are back again at the Gatsby with our favorite owner here, Jake, who's making all these fabulous recipes for us. Today, we're going to try something a little bit different. We're going to do, it's a coffee flavored. I'm not even really
2: sure. All right, so it's an espresso margarita, so it's virtually the same thing as a, uh, as a regular margarita sans the uh, lime juice. We don't want to throw off the flavor of the espresso that too much sense. with the lime juice. That's what
0: I was curious so about. So, are we going to use how is it gonna work? <laughs> We're going to
2: use the espresso and the espresso infused tequila with the Cointreau and the agave syrup. We're just going to minus the lime juice today.
0: All right. Well, let's do it. I'm ex- I've never tried one of this before. Okay. I've never had any sort I am of a virgin
1: espresso like coffee margarita taster. Okay. It's
2: cheese. like an adult vodka red bull. <laughs>
1: gonna be bouncing off the
2: walls later. Thanks, Jake. I don't <laughs> need any more
1: energy, but let's do this. I'm ready.
2: Okay, to make our espresso margarita, we're gonna use the espresso infused tequila, and then we're gonna use traditional agave syrup along with coin trowel, to give a little bit of that citrus back, but not the tart flavor that a lime would add. And shake just like usual. your espresso margarita. It is uh, the espresso tequila, mixed with agave syrup and coin and some chocolate covered espresso beans to go with it.
1: It literally looks like a soda. you call it a soda? <laughs> it could, we're gonna call this a pro tip. If you're the DD, you can come and you, order you Coca-Cola on the rocks and you'll have, margarita. That's because, you'll have,
2: you'll yeah. have so much caffeine that you probably wouldn't wouldn't have a Well, we're just
0: thinking for there, the right? people who, you know, when you're not drinking and people are bothering, you'd be like, no, I'm having a it's espresso, an espresso margarita. margarita.
1: Ooh, I actually like it. It's chocolatey. That's
2: that's what we wanted to hear.
1: <gasps> I spilled guys, sorry.
2: It's okay. That's what the bar's for.
1: It just gives you something to lick later. <laughs> oh, wow. So that has a very, like, chocolatey, with a hint of coffee. Yeah. I do like this a lot. I know, I do too. Surprising. Are these edible?
2: Yep. Chocolate <laughs> covered espresso beans.
1: <laughs> this is my, I feel like now I'm going to be the bougiest one at the bar. I'm going to be like, can I get an espresso? Can I have a chocolate covered espresso bean it? with you? And I need, yeah. can I need a shot of it? espresso beans to go with it, please. And be like, who are you? And get out of my bar! I'm going to be kicked out. They're going to be like, you were way too bougie to drink here. Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> these are good. Yeah. Mm. I like that good job jake i think i might to have to go. order that sometime so There we go did you want one say them all oh thanks for sharing
2: my bad
0: <laughs> so kaylee what did you think about that espresso margarita for real honest opinion
1: it really surprised me and that me is too. no lie And if you're listening, you need to head to YouTube and watch the actual video of it. Um, An espresso margarita is not something I had ever even knew existed. I'd never tasted it. I wouldn't even have thought to order it. And to be honest, I'm really curious how many places can make it for you. How many have an espresso tequila blend? So what did you think about it?
0: Well, I feel like if I go to a venue and order an espresso margarita, they might look at me a little... (laughs) cross-eyed because <laughs> I I feel like I've never I've seen the martinis on the menu but I've never seen it as a margarita and I'll be honest I didn't think it was going to taste that well because I keep thinking about like the fruity lime mixing with coffee and I didn't know how it was going to go but you know you omit that that lime part and it tasted so
1: good I was pleasantly surprised almost like a dessert drink like a little chocolatey it was you got you got that little coffee flavor but it wasn't overbearing yeah the I only would definitely thing order that again
0: is I always Relate margaritas to like these vibrant colored drinks, you know, in a, in a glass. And so this one is obviously, <clears throat> sorry, losing my voice. This one's obviously like a little bit darker. It looked like cola. <laughs> so, yeah, so you did. know, why we it made did. that that joke about if you're DD, just order, you know, a mock up of this and tell everyone it's an espresso margarita. But um, outside of that, I, I definitely would order it again. I thought it was delicious. And I love when people can show me and teach me new things because it gets me out of my comfort
1: zone to not always do the same thing. Me too, and I'm one of those people that really thought by my mid 30s that I would have a go-to drink. Like I would get to the bar and I'd order the same thing every time, and that is definitely not me. I look at all the liquors yeah. and I'm I'm like, what do I want today? And I struggle, um, and so. This Russell Margarita was something different and I, I always love trying those new drinks. So You know, thinking about what
0: you just said, people do ask me all the time, especially now because I'm, you know, I picked up some shifts working behind the bar, and they'll ask me all the time, all right, I'm like, Well, what do you want to drink? And they flip it on me and they go, Well, what's your go to drink? I'm like, Um, tequila? I don't know. <laughs> tequila. <laughs> tequila pineapple. And they're like, No, On Yeho, a hundred
1: dollars a shot. That's what you right? should get. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Extra on Oh, no. Uh yeah, I I have a handful of go to drinks. It just depends on my mood. But, you know, I'm a big wine drinker. I still drink a lot of craft beers. Um, I still like my vodka, but tequila is probably definitely
1: the one I play around with the most for in terms of cocktails and flavors. Yeah, I've actually been wanting to try just like tequila and club soda and lime because I've oh, heard yeah. that's like the it's like very light and refreshing um, so, without filling you up
0: one of the tricks that I have because I used to do vodka waters because I have this whole you know hypothesis of I'm hydrating <laughs> while I'm and drinking eating. yep I'm just trying to be efficient that's all you know it's making smart choices but I'll do it with tequila now and then I'll just fresh squeeze lemon or lime juice tequila water I call it kind of like the poor woman's margarita but yeah. it's it, it's healthy it's delicious the only The only thing I want to say is do be cautious because it's very easy to drink them quickly because you don't taste the tequila. The lime juice cuts through all of that. So, you know, you still got to be responsible with it. But they're so good.
1: So good. Okay, we're not trying to turn you guys into alcoholics or anything. We just (laughs) love our tequila, Elephant Tequila, and we love it so much. That's what we named our podcast after. So... (laughs)
0: You know what's funny? Um, sorry, just thinking about it, about turning everyone else into alcoholics. I, I feel like that's my go-to joke now because I literally went on a date the other night and they wanted to know if we wanted to go get dessert. And I was like, um, no, but I'll take another cocktail. And I was like, oh God, this person probably thinks I'm an alcoholic, but I drink more than I eat now. You know, I guess that's part of growing up. Maybe. I'm you not really a
1: foodie. See. You have to prioritize your calories. (laughs)
0: Yeah, true, right? If I have to, I don't even think about that. I'm just not that big of a foodie, to be honest, but I like really nice craft cocktails,
1: in moderation, of course. Of course. Okay, let's jump into talking a little bit more about you. So let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, We always ask all of our guests, where did you grow up, how did you grow up, Um, graduating class? I think you have an interesting story, so let's jump right in. Well, the most interesting that two interesting things people discover
0: about me when they first meet me is one, my age, because they always think I'm way younger. And two, they think I'm a city girl through and through. I grew up in a small town of 500 people. And I mean, technically, I think my hometown's called a village, if you think about it. In very small school, we were class D2. You know, I had 23 in my graduating class. I used to brag. I was like, Yeah, I graduated third of my class. And everybody's like, Oh, wow, you must have been super smart. How many kids? I'm like, 23.
1: <laughs> <So laughs> it didn't bra- take much to be in the top three of this.
0: <laughs> right? My bragging. I did work hard, but obviously I wasn't that smart. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, as you could probably just imagine, my childhood growing up was a lot different than probably many of my listeners out there. Um, I also didn't party at all when I was in high school you know I was kind of a goody-goody I have always been super involved like that part of my personality today evolved from a young age always starting clubs and being proactive and I just my childhood in general was I would ride my bike to the pool every single day and my hometown has a whistle like a six o'clock whistle And it has a noon whistle too. So that's always interesting with small town people. Um, And the rule was when the whistle blew, you had 10 minutes to get your butt home for dinner or you'd be in trouble. But it was a safe community. You know, I was a kid and I could ride my bike wherever as long as I was home and my chores were done. So I just have great memories of just roaming the streets. I was kind of a tomboy growing up. I hung out with a lot of guys, throwing the football. wasn't real girly until I got, you know, a little older. Um, very happy childhood overall. But um, then the downside of small towns is as I started to grow into my body and my personality and just age in general, um, as I hit middle school and through high school, this is when I started to have a lot of problems with bullying, um, a lot of problems with girls, especially as boys started to notice me. A little differently um it caused a lot of issues so those happy childhood memories then turn to some very disappointing memories that sometimes you choose to forget i literally For sure. remember being chased up a tree when i was a kid and having mm-hmm. or not a kid like when i was in junior high and having water balloons thrown at me <laughs> and you know i can oh laugh God. about it now but yeah. yeah so there's you know there's pluses and minuses to growing up the way that i did but I loved that it was a safe community and um, about 10th grade things started to change for me because I was 16, you know, I could, I had a car, I could drive to another town, so I'd make friends there and, um, you know, it was pretty good for a while and then life changed again for me once I turned 17 and, uh, you know, found out that I was pregnant. So I think that was a major determining factor of, who I've become today, and obviously the life life course that I've taken. How did
1: your family react when they found out?
0: Surprisingly, way better than I thought. I grew up in a, I would say a close family. You know, we weren't super tight-knit close, but there was a lot of trust and love through my family, and it was, I could be open with them about anything. But this was one thing um, when I... Found out. I kind of knew before I took the test because you just know your body and you know something's up. I had a breakdown the night before. And, you know, there's only a handful of people I've told this to, but it's kind of a good story in a way to let people know that it's relatable. Um, I'd never, ever thought I'd be the person to contemplate suicide. And the night that I knew that I was pregnant, you know, without actually knowing, but just knew, um, I stood in front of the mirror just crying like, you know, pleading with God thinking like, oh, don't, you know, don't let me be pregnant and and have so much and blah, blah, blah. And and I had the pills in my hand, but I never took them. And I don't know that I ever would have gone through with it. But it was a wake up call for me to realize that I need to talk to somebody about this. And the next day, um, my mom kind of had knocked on the door and she's like, you know, you just haven't really seen yourself lately, mother's intuition. She's like, do you have anything you need to talk about? And I started crying and I was like, "Mom," and I didn't even know how to say it. So I was just like, "I think I'm pregnant," <laughs> and uh, you know. So she came in and she hugged me, started crying. She's like, "Well, let's, let's figure out for sure before you know we make any plans." Um, and she went to go buy me the pregnancy test because. Uh, you know small town everybody's gonna know oh, for sure I mean I'm sure they probably knew it was up anyway because my mom was not gonna be having babies at that age but <laughs> it's it's crazy I haven't told the story in a long time it kind of actually brings like sensations back but yeah so she went and got the pregnancy test and um, you know she was super loving through the process and um, she let me have privacy and I was in the bathroom and I was like shaking because again it's like I knew but I didn't know but I was still hoping that I was wrong And I took the test and then I finally got the guts to look at it. And it was like one really dark pink line and the other one was faded. So on the box, it said one line, not pregnant, two lines pregnant, I believe is what it was. But the one was so faded. And so I was like, maybe I'm not pregnant. There's only one line, right? And then I went back to the box again and I kept reading and it said, one line may be lighter than the other. And that was the moment that my heart sank. And I started crying, and and my mom's like, what are the results? And I told her, and, you know, and from that point forward, my mother was super supportive. Um, It was a little bit harder telling my brother and my dad and my stepdad. Um, Up until the point where my daughter was born, I don't think everybody was on board with me carrying this child all the way through, let alone not giving her up for adoption. Um, But it's night and day difference when she was born. I think it was just the realization that I was a kid. How was I going to raise a kid? And um, I had huge plans for college and my life. And how was I going to possibly do any of that, having a baby at 17?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. I don't even think I knew all that full story. Um, especially because we really became close, um, you know, after college and when we reconnected and everything like we talked about. Um, But the one thing that I remember most about when we met um, in college was that your bullying actually continued into college because I remember you crying when we broke out into small groups that day, just saying how people were still judging you and you had already had her and were, you know, at college and whatever. And I'm just curious for you to talk a little bit about that. Because I think people think it's going to end when I get out of high school. And for you, it didn't. Right. So what's kind of interesting is
0: I really didn't get bullied very much um, once I got pregnant through my hometown my hometown was actually super supportive I did not expect that at all I remember telling my dad um, the day that I finally broke the news to him and I said okay dad you know I'm pregnant and he looked at me and he says you know you were the last person that I would ever hope this to happen to but you're honestly probably one of the best because he knew I was responsible I was healthy you know I wasn't out partying Um, He's like, we'll do whatever we gotta do. So we finally told the town and to my surprise, my daughter was the first one born in the new year, so she was the new year baby. Um, My classmates and some of my classmates' parents threw us a baby shower. Um, So the town was really supportive and it wasn't until I was four months along that I had actually decided I was going to keep her. Um, I was planning on adopting her out because I just didn't see it possible for me to be a mother um and it was at four months when my mom had said I just want you to understand you're going to college no matter what and if there's a chance you want to keep this baby we will help you raise her and I think that's kind of what changed it for me so um the bullying had stopped I think once I got pregnant because maybe people felt sorry for me (laughs) (laughs) you know like yeah (laughs) you know like why pick on Brittany anymore because she's pregnant and whatever um but when I got to college, it was hard because I struggled between wanting to be a normal college student and learning about myself and life and then wanting to be a really good mother. Um, I didn't really know how to act around people because I never really got to do the whole party scene and um, so part of it was people were just judging me because if I did one thing wrong, they're like, well, how can you do that as a mother? you know and And I was like, I'm still trying to figure out my role with this. There's no manual that comes with it. And um, I remember one time just breaking down crying to one of my friends because, you know, people were like, well, if I was a mother or if I was in her situation, I would do this. I'm like, well, well, would you? I mean, can you actually picture yourself in that situation? And I I started crying to my friend, and um, and she she hugged me, and she just says, you know, Brittany – as a single mother, you could have gone so many different directions. She goes, I think you're doing a hell of a job. Cause you know, I was like, I don't have this big fancy house. I don't have all these things like, am I failing? Um, but yeah, I think once I got comfortable and confident in myself as a mother and as a person, then that carried on to other people. It's an energy you put out there. And that wasn't so much a problem going up, and it never really affected my dating life people always thought it would, but it didn't. Um, but when you were talking a little bit about the, um, I think from our leadership thing that we kind of met at, um, I've always been a person to speak my mind and I'm trying to do the right thing. So I'm the one who's like, "Well, well, I'll do it. And sometimes being the honest one, isn't always the best because then it gets pinpointed onto you. And, I do remember sometimes when you give honest feedback, people take it completely the wrong way. And that's something I've struggled with my whole life because I'll say it like it is and I try to be respectful, but not everybody wants to face the truth and they'll spin it on you and whatnot. So another thing I've learned about myself through the years.
1: Well, and I I know everybody's got an opinion on how everybody raises their children and it's only progressively gotten worse with social media. And so some of the decisions you made and the way that you let your family help you um, are honestly very admirable versus a 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old who wants to try to work three jobs and support themselves. And if the help is there, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with taking it. And so um, I actually like was one of the things that drew me to you. And I knew that we were so similar because I would have done the same thing. And for those who know, like, the college we went to was only, what, a couple hours from your home? I mean, it was so drivable.
0: Right. And so I guess for the listeners that don't know that part of the story, so um, I was 17. I was a senior when Taylor was born. And then my parents were on board, like, we're going to help you do this, but you are still going to get your education. So I picked a college that was only an hour away. I went to USD in South Dakota the first time. Uh, first year because I could go to school during the week and my parents raised my child for me and then I could come home on weekends to be mom. Um, Then I ended up transferring to a bigger school. I went to Lincoln which was a few, you know, it was a little further away, a couple hours away. Um, So I didn't get to see my daughter every weekend. It was more like every other. But my parents, for the most part, were really the ones raising my daughter those first few years and that's where i think when you were referencing maybe people judging me of oh well i would not have never done it this way but without that love and support from my parents i would not have been able to put myself in the position that i'm at today to to have the success or to have the career to have the drive because they allowed me to still pursue those things that i needed to do to be a good mother and a good person um about three years in is when i noticed my attachment or my daughter's attachment to me was changing a little bit because I think grandma was more of a mom than me in her eyes Um, and so my parents and I was very very tough on both sides because that was you know they were helping so much Um, but we knew it was time to make that transition so I could be full-time mom and so I could really start to develop that bond with my daughter. And so I got a place. <laughs> my first house that I got actually I had three roommates still because, you know, I'm still a poor college kid. So it was four of us college girls. They were totally cool with my daughter living with us. We just partitioned off the basement. So the girls had their bedrooms upstairs and then I took the basement bedroom and then we just partitioned a wall and, and it became like a separate room. So five oh, of us that's girls. Cool though. Yeah. So Taylor literally grew up from the beginning with like four, you know, adults in her eyes and And um, there was still a lot of transitioning over the next few years for us, um, because it's hard to be a full time student and work and be a mom. But it was that was the time when I was like, okay, it's really it's time for me to step up in terms of being her mom and making this bond with her
1: for life. For life. Like um. Months. so you made it through college you survived yeah. <laughs> you graduated yep I always joke we graduated
0: <laughs> she got her diploma early yeah I you know I graduated um, it did take me one extra year um, so I went to school for five years but I got a degree in psychology and you know I've been working full-time in the workforce and an entrepreneur on the side pretty much since then so i'm i'm very glad looking back at it all that i had the love and support of my family and my friends and even those who questioned me back then i think today they wouldn't dare question how things done because they
1: see that it did work out in the long run you just gotta work hard and believe in it two parts to that i think that I had heard a lot about it just being your friend, too. Like, I think people felt like they could tell me their opinions about you. And sometimes then it was just like, like, you you can't judge them or you can't judge her because you don't know her kind of a thing. And like, a lot of it came from the parenting style of, um, you know, college. But also like, so you've you've actually worked full-time jobs. And you've been an entrepreneur and then back to a full-time. Like, you've done everything. You've done whatever it took to support her. And I think that's why when I look at you and see you, I'm just like, you can't judge anything she's done because it's always been whatever's best for Taylor. And I love how you're shaping her and filling her with, like, dreams to travel and all of that stuff. You know, and anybody has kind of that story. Like, you can't
0: judge anything. Anybody until you've walked in their shoes, no two people have the same path. And with motherhood, I I am confident and I understand this now that there is no one right way to be a mother. The thing that matters the most is that you love your child, that your child knows you love them unconditionally, and that you are shaping them to be a good human being and citizen because at some point, you know, that's all they're really going to take from you. Um, and they're going to go on and, and live their life the way that they want to. So that's why it was so crazy because. So, my daughter lived with me then um, up until about two years ago. And I think some people have heard this now, but some are still like confused why I never put her in pictures and whatnot. But um, she moved in with her dad full time two years ago. And um, kind of how that happened was. On top of all the jobs and all the failed relationships and moving around, we got to the point where I knew she's getting older. And my number one focus, I said, I've got five years until at the time I said, five years until she graduates high school. She is my number one priority. Let's get her everything she needs to make her successful. Right. And so contacted her dad. I said, I'm going to come back to Nebraska. I want to live wherever you're living, because let's just go 50 50 if you're willing. And let's just get her through school. And he's like, I'm game. Let's do it. And I'm like, you are going to stay in this, you know, Norfolk where I'd moved at the time. And he's like, yep, we're going to be here. So I get to Norfolk, get a full time career, buy a house, you know. And um, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever you're going to look at it, about a year and a half after that happened, he got an incredible job opportunity in Omaha, which was two hours from where we were living. Um, and he did run it by me first, but I, I said, you know, you've got a family to think about outside of Taylor too. Uh, do whatever you got to do. We've always made this work. We'll figure it out. And Taylor was like, mom, I want to move with him. And at first I was like, no, you know, like you live with me, you're mine, you know? And, um, she actually started to resent me a little bit and I I thought more about it. And I finally said, you know, I want you to come with me and tell me strongly your real reasons of why you think this is a good thing for you. And she was so mature and came to me. And I finally just had to kind of swallow my pride and, and let her do it because I realized me telling her she couldn't go live with her dad was a selfish thing. And it was for my benefit because I needed her probably more than she needed me at this point. And um, the rest is history. She lives their dad. You know, I've always had a great working parenting relationship with him. Um, she's happy. She's got sisters. They've got a great family and home. Um, and since then, that's where I said, I just, I transitioned from full-time mom to, kind of mom on the side. Not that it's a bad thing, but that's where I'm, you know, where the show came in and all these things happened in my life. I said, I'm still trying to figure out my place in this world that isn't full-time mom.
1: And I'm slowly getting there, but I still have my moments. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody does. Um, but you've also always included her in those conversations and let her have an honest opinion of, you know, moving to Florida or moving back to Nebraska. I mean, those have always been conversations instead of you saying this is what we're going to do and you don't get a say in it and that type of parenting I don't think we see enough of around these days. She is very grown,
0: very mature, such an amazing child and I know people like oh it's your kid of course you're gonna say no like people who have met her know it's probably why I may never have more kids because I was like she's so good how do you follow up with that (laughs) right and I'm like well pat on the back because maybe that has something to do with my parenting but yeah she's People always joked about how we look like sisters. And as she got older, our role started to change a little bit. I've always been a very stern mom. You know, she was like, Mom, you say no to everything. But it was within reason. Um, but now our relationship is even stronger, because now she's living with Dad. And we get to have fun together. You know, we get to do all the things and not have to stress about the everyday stuff. So it's changed. But everything that happens in your life happens for a reason and for a season. And it's preparing you for what's next. And I know that looking back 17 years ago, because my daughter is now 17, um, she changed my entire world. Who knows where I would be today had I never had her. And, you know, I have absolutely no regrets. Times were hard, but um, she made me who I am today. So if anything, I should be thanking her for that. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, one of my favorite places to shop is Broken Spoke Boutique, a small, family-owned business offering a variety of both women and children's clothing, accessories, and natural makeup. I love their selection of handmade jewelry because it's sourced from recycled materials, such as glass, metal, and even bone, making them super chic and great conversation starters. They also have other eco-friendly products such as reusable stainless steel straws and non-toxic, veggie-dyed produce bags. What I love most about Broken Spoke is their personalized service they offer to help you find the perfect size and fit, saving all the time and hassle of ordering the wrong sizes. And all online orders are fulfilled using 100% recycled, reusable, and compostable packaging materials so you can feel good about every purchase. Head on over to Brokenspokeboutique.com and use code GETSPICY to save 15% off your next
1: order. I think that your story of being a mom and then going on MTV2 was very relatable to a lot of people because it gave a life after young mom world. Um, And we're going to get to that in a second. But I love the story of how you actually got to Panama City to meet your future husband at the time. So tell, tell them all how you actually ended up in Panama City.
0: Oh, yes. I kind of forgot about that part of the story. (laughs) Um, So, you know, in, no, this would have been after college. I think, yeah, it was like, I think I did the competition or no. So there was a country bar that I attended this dance competition a couple times before I ever entered it. Right. And it was a Daisy Duke dance contest. And people are always like, you should enter this. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that, whatever. Um, and then finally, I just got talked into it. And I was like, OK, whatever. So, you know, I, first time I'd ever put hair extensions in, like, on my hair done, I had my, my Duke shorts on, but still conservative, sexy, but conservative. It's always been my thing. Put on my boots and had on like a chain belt. And it was like a black corset top. So it was like very sexy, but still classy. And I showed up and every other girl that was in this competition had like ripped up white tank tops, their butt was hanging out. Like, I was like, what did I get myself into? And, um, you won the competition based on audience votes. And I knew nobody there. I had like three friends that I came with and long story short, I ended up crushing that competition. I think because I like danced my butt off in like a really fun way, energetic way, and wasn't trying to be whatever. And I think the women loved that and the women screamed for me and I won by like a landslide. So I was like, okay. And through my winnings, it was like a week stay in Panama city beach and I'd never been to Florida. So I was like, heck yes. And I took, um, one of my good girlfriends at the time and I literally had just gotten out of a long term relationship. So I was like, this could not have been more perfect. I need this break. And I went to Panama city beach, the night we got in that we were right next to this restaurant and there was a band playing. And so we stopped in real quickly and we're like, Oh, this is great. And the band like stopped as soon as we got there. Um, they were done with their set and it was early. So I was like, okay, that just seems like a little strange that, you know, they're done so early, whatever. But so I went and asked them and they're like, Oh yeah, we'll be back later this week. And, um, we went and, you know, did our whole thing for the week. And then our last day there, that band was back playing at the same restaurant and, of course, this particular night, I was a little drunk. You
1: a, <laughs> yeah, a little spicy. Yeah, I was a lot spicy because it was the last day
0: of my trip and I wasn't ready to come home. Um, yeah, we walked up and that same band was there. And because I wanted to see what time they were going to stop because I really wanted to hear him play, I just walked up. And the first guy I, you know, that acknowledged me and couldn't talk to me was Hunter. He was the guitar player. And um, I just you know, started talking to him. And... Didn't think anything of it, but then I talked to them after they were done tearing down. And, um, of course I was a little tipsy to this whole thing, but, um, yeah, they were like, well, we're going to go grab some food. Do you, do you want to come with? And I was like, you know, I probably shouldn't just run off with some band, (laughs) but yeah, it sounds fun. And you know, they gave me a good safe vibe. So went to go get breakfast. And then after that, I ended up talking to Hunter all night. We went down to the beach and, uh, Yeah, and then uh, four months later, I was engaged to this guy, and nine months later, we were married, and within a year of meeting him, I packed up my things and my daughter, and we moved to Florida. So we moved to Destin, which is, you know, about 45 minutes from Panama City Beach, um, because that's where he was living at the time, but that's what brought me there. Went from Daisy Dukes to, and I mean, his first impression of me literally is like, oh, boy, this girl's going to be trouble. (laughs) (laughs) didn't know he was gonna marry her later right he was probably like I want nothing to do with this girl but you know there was just something about him because like yeah I've always kind of been a wild spirit but I wouldn't just get up and marry anybody but I just never met anybody like him at the time you know he was he was so much he was older than me by 13 years but so young at heart and mature and wise and just like had a cool vibe and just you meet people that make you feel safe and they make you feel good about yourself. And it's nothing you can explain other than how you feel. And so I just knew at the
1: time that that was somebody that I I wanted to be with. I love that. And I got the pleasure of, That was really when we became close, so I got to meet Hunter um, doing some video work for you guys before the wedding, and then on the wedding day, and then obviously like every other weekend after that when I was flying down to be your roommate, (laughs) because I couch surfed a lot with you guys, just I loved this area.
0: Yeah, and we loved having you for sure.
1: We always got so excited when you would come visit. I was like,
0: yeah, I got my girl
1: coming, we're going to have some fun. (laughs) I loved it. Well, fast forward, um, even though the marriage didn't work out, it was an amicable split. Um, you guys are still friends. Still friends to this day. And it just relates back to what we were talking about earlier. Every person and thing that happens
0: in your life is for a reason, some are for a season, and it makes you stronger and it guides you to where you need to be. So I made a really great friend out of that. And, uh, you know, like we still see each other when I'm in town. Uh, if we run into each other, it's not a big deal.
1: Hey guys, I'm really excited to talk to you today about one of our partners called Fea Candles. If you love candles as much as I do, you have to check these guys out. Their candles are 100% soy and they burn clean, so they are safe to breathe in your home. They don't leave any black residue. The candles are hand poured for quality and they have 12 different fragrances to choose from. Let me tell you, my favorites are creme brulee, cranberry apple marmalade, and pear spice. But if you like clean scents or outdoor scents, they do have those as well. What makes these candles unique is that every candle sold provides a meal for someone in need. And they're giving these back to third world countries like Haiti and Nicaragua, but also to your local communities like your food pantries and shelters. They also have a soap line. So every soap sold gives a bar of soap back donated to a homeless shelter or a city mission in your local community. So definitely check them out. They're online at com. You can find them on Instagram at fea And they're giving you 10% off by entering code SPICYMARGARITAS. So definitely go check them out and let us know what you think. And so then that was back to the story where you said you had five years left. You took Taylor back to Nebraska so she could be closer to family and your dad or her dad. Um, And then I get an Instagram message that says, that they were casting for this dating show and they wanted me to be on it. And I basically sent them your way. And that's kind of how your journey on this show started. So um, I know we talked a little bit about the casting process with um, Mish and then Cody talked a little bit about it too, but this was, I remember you calling me, telling me that they were flying you to LA. So tell me a little bit about like your experience going through that whole process. That's when I got real. When they flew me, I was like,
0: (laughs) Kaylee, like it's really happening
1: and I'm over here like, they're going to put you on the show, and you just didn't believe it. I know, I the whole knew.
0: time you were like, you're already on it. You're so on it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of a wild card. Like, they're either going to love me or hate me. And I was just all over the place. Yeah, well, you know, when you first had sent me the referral, I was like, yeah, this is cool. I could totally date a celebrity. But I truly never thought I was going to get on the show, let alone make it as far as I did in the interviews. Um, but I remember uh, I they, you know, did a phone call first so they could feel me out and said I had great energy and, and then set up uh, with one of the casting agents. She was so cool. We did a Skype interview and she's like, I just love you. You're so great. And um, and the next thing I knew, I had a missed call from a producer and I was like, oh my gosh, like a producer called me, you know, um, called him back and he's like, this this won't take very long, like 15 minutes, but we talked for an hour. So I was like, okay, that's probably a good sign. But at the same time, kind of the note we left on, I remember him saying like, OK, well, the next step is if we decide to fly you out to LA. But I want to tell you something. If we decide to bring you out for that interview, we need you to loosen up a little bit. <laughs> you know, he's like, you're a little serious. And I was like, fair enough. Um, I get it. But I was in work mode at the time, right? Working two jobs, still doing the mom thing, like stress to the max. It was hard. I f- almost forgot how to just like be fun and free and all that. So I took that to heart and I was like, yeah, I kind of don't think I'm going to get on the show. I think I'm going to be too boring or whatever. And then I got the phone call about going out to L.A. for official interview. And even then, you still don't know. You don't even know how many people are flown out because they keep us all private from each other. Um, And then I come back and it's like weeks before you hear anything because it's the holidays and you're just – Do I need to start, like, making, you know, plans? I have a house. I've got it, you know, for my bills and utilities. um, Or am I even going to be on this show? And so, yeah, it was this waiting game after that. But I do remember um, when I got the official call. I never really thought I would cry. But I got the call. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah, thanks, awesome, I'm excited, right? Hung up the call. And I was like... (sighs) (gasps) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even know it was MTV at the time. Um, You know, the show had gone by a different name because they were keeping it private because it was like a reboot. Um, I didn't even know who that was. I just knew I had the opportunity and I called you and, you know, I was crying and excited. And I was like, opportunities like this don't happen very often to people in Nebraska. I feel like let alone small town. And that's why people are always like, how on earth did they find you? And I still to this day, even though I'm so grateful for the opportunity, I was like, MTV, what did you see in me? What what made you think that Nebraska, <laughs> you know, was but it was so fun, so fun. I'm really glad that they took a chance on me. And it, I, it's another one of those things I feel like changed the course of my life just a little bit.
1: Yeah. And this one is a little bit different than reality shows like The Bachelor, because you didn't know who you were dating and you had not seen any of the other girls because you all entered the house separately. So, like, whereas in, in The Bachelorette, like, they get out of the limos together. So they, like, rode there together. But you were just, like, completely isolated until that very first episode. If you go back and watch the first episode, you'll, if you really watch my face, you'll
0: see how uncomfortable I was. So we had our own hotel room. It was, it was kind of weird and cool at the same time because you get catered to because you're not allowed to leave your room. So you kind of feel like you're in prison, but at the same time, like they take care of you. So it's like, okay, it is what it is. No idea how many girls are even going to be on the show. If it's similar to The Bachelor, I was like, okay, I've got an idea of what it might be like. And then they kept saying like, okay, uh, a couple more days or whatever because production isn't quite ready yet. I didn't know they were already filming because our thing was split into two nights. So finally, they're like, all right, we're ready to start filming tonight. And, you know, this is what time you're leaving. And we all still took separate vehicles up to the house. And all of a sudden, I get out and I'm thinking there's going to be this limo and there's a freaking cab. A <laughs> taxi. <laughs> and like a yellow taxi, not even a cute one. I was like, um, where's my limo? <laughs> did, did y'all I, I'm with MTV. That's not my ride. Where is... <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they were playing to the theme, which I had no idea And then they give you a quick little pep talk and they're just like, all right, just whatever you feel, just feel it. Be excited. Keep your energy up and just love the experience. And I was like, "Okay." And that's really the only prep you get. And, you know, there's going to be cameras there. But the moment you walk through that door, I don't see people. It's quiet. And there's just all these cameras facing me. And I'm like, hi, I'm Brittany. I'm from Nebraska. And then I saw some girls and, you know, and then you start making friends and whatever. So I was really uncomfortable because I had no idea what I was supposed to do. You're supposed to be yourself, but that's not a natural, comfortable situation.
1: You have to be overly yourself, like yourself extra animated.
0: Yeah, well, and also, you know, who you are in real life, like on TV, it's not that you want to be someone different, but you do amp it up a little bit because energy is contagious and that's what makes a good show is to carry your energy forward and so you have to be a little more excited and the thing is you you get kind of nervous so the excitement naturally just flows through anyway but it's still I hate small talk in general and so I'm literally like trying to make friends with these girls and I'm like okay I hate small talk but you know I gotta play nice or whatever I love getting to know people I just don't like the generic you know basic questions when you first meet somebody where are you from what do you do you know and then they're um, like oh you have a kid and nebraska yeah everybody was so surprised i was from nebraska they said you do not look
1: like you're from nebraska i'm like well what do you think nebraska women look like but that happens in real life too people down in florida when i'm like oh i'm from nebraska and their faces are like what like why are you here they expect me to say like alabama or georgia or tennessee or something yeah That's, I think that was
0: the number one thing I got back for feedback from the show was people like, okay, thank you for making Nebraska look good. And Nebraska women look good because we're not all hicks. It's not this whole cornfield, you know, but Polly and Vinny had fun (laughs) teasing me when I was
1: on the show about what they thought my life was like back home. (laughs) It was all in fun. So the question we ask all of our guests, did you feel like you were accurately portrayed on the show versus like who you really are in person? I don't feel like
0: what they showed was necessarily wrong completely, but they showed very little like of my actual footage, you know, and that's to be expected because there's how many hours that don't get shown. Um, my storyline never really developed. And so I think they kind of kept showing just my chill, quiet side and my motherly side. You know, every time I was cleaning or whatever, they would put those little clips in. So they accurately showed a part of me, but they didn't show kind of, my fun side that i had there you know and i think that was why again with this whole theme is and well let me back up one step part of that i think would have been production part of it would have been on me i don't fully feel like i was myself because i was so uncomfortable the whole time i was there
1: and you didn't insert yourself in in drama and you didn't create drama so you weren't the focus of the show
0: that was more of what i struggled with when i did the show eventually you just forget about the cameras or you just stop caring honestly because they're there all the time um and you come into a routine but when the drama started happening like i'm a th- at the time i'm like i'm a 33 year old woman i don't live my life in drama i don't go to the club you know i don't think negatively in, in these circumstances so i get put in them and um i could have hammed it up for the camera but i'm like that's not me i stay true to who i was but I'm very chill, which I find out is good in real life. But on camera, that's boring as
1: heck. <laughs> Brittany was the one in the corner with a big bowl of popcorn watching the drama go yeah. down <laughs> instead yeah, of being I remember, in it.
0: I remember one time I was actually drinking champagne in another room and one of the producers kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? I was like, drinking champagne. He's like, you care to come, you know, drink it in here? Like, that's what you're here for, you know. But the thing is, I never knew how to engage when I got in those scenes because I'm the one who's the quiet one in a room and I observe. And then when somebody wants advice, they come to me and they're like, wow, you're really knowledgeable. I said, yeah, because I don't run my mouth. I sit and I observe. And then I, I talk about my observations, right? Instead of people who just love to hear their own voice. So when I would enter these scenes and I'd sit there, I was like, I don't even know how to inject because all they're going to do is raise their voice louder than mine. Like we can't even have an adult conversation right now. So I didn't want to be a part of it. You know, and then it wears on you after a while because it's energy. I'm a total energy person. And when there's negativity like that and you know people are going around talking smack behind your back, it just it starts to wear on you. And I think that was one of my biggest things. Um, You know, we have our interviews to kind of talk about how we're feeling in the house and with the other girls. And I remember one time kind of, you know, being asked about how I felt with the girls questioning my parenting which is kind of interesting because we talked about the beginning of this interview. Um, The whole, they didn't think if they were my situation that they'd be willing to up and move. Had I worked out with Polly or Vinny and that infuriated me so much because these girls, all they really knew is that I was a mom. They knew nothing about my daughter, my home life, the situation of where my daughter and I were at, that she was living full time with her dad so many things and I remember confronting the girls in the room and I just said I don't know who said this or who has a problem but you feel free to address it with me because it is infuriating to have people judge you and you know one of the girls stepped right up she's like it was me like she was honest about it which I appreciated Um, and that's fine but it just again comes down to the whole thing is you can't judge people until you actually know because what you see on the surface may not be at all what that person's going through or or where they're headed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, hello, producers, that would have been drama. They could have put that in the show. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of me, I was telling a lot of my story when I was there just about what it was like being a mom. And I was sensitive, and I still am to this day, but I'm getting better because it's been a year even since then. I was still having trouble adjusting to my daughter being out of the house at the time because I, the thing I've struggled with men in the past is. Nobody ever stays. The people always say I'm always going to be here and everybody leaves, right? So I used to say that my daughter was my one constant. She's the one person that's always going to be there and never going to leave. And even though this isn't technically true, it just felt this way that eventually my daughter left too. You know, she moved in with her dad and I felt left behind. And again, I was being selfish, but it's, it's how I felt at the time and so it was just a very sensitive thing for me when I talked about it. And I I would just cry when I told my story because I didn't know how to live as a mother without my daughter full-time, you know, and finding myself and, and then just feeling like if she left, then who, who's left for me now? And that's why I took a chance, a double shot chance. (laughs) didn't work out for me, but that's when I started changing my perspective on dating again and that I needed to focus on, on, on me and my life
1: because my daughter, she's good. She's happy and she's grown. So how has the show changed your life in terms of overall, but also in terms of dating? The biggest thing for me is
0: I think it was a wake-up call because I truly forgot how fun I used to be. And it started to come out a little bit on the show, but I was still hesitant because of the situation. But since then, I've been so open to just living life and being adventurous again, because I realize, okay, I'm actually starting to believe it when people think, oh, you look so much younger and you seem so much younger. And I'm not trying to be younger, but I also realized I don't want to live an older lifestyle because I did the whole adult thing up until this point. I raised a child, you know, I started a business, I owned a home, I got married. Like, you know, it's like I've been through the gamut and I was like, I just want to have fun and experience things without all this responsibility on my shoulders. And the show is what kind of changed that for me, because it says, yeah, you are still young. Like, you still got it going for you, girl. Like, go have fun. You know, I probably could add more fun on the show. But again, I was worried about my daughter seeing that on TV. So I was like, I'll stay tame.
1: <laughs> do you do you think that you like people recognize you or guys recognize you like either from the show or does it impact like them asking you out? Now, let me preface this by saying when we go out together, I call you my wifey because I know that you're always going to find somebody in that bar to buy you drinks and it's never it's never you never don't get hit on. But so I need to pre- I need to preface it by saying that, but has it hasn't changed at all? Like, well, how is it different?
0: Um, yes and no. It depends on the day. Depends on the place. When the show was airing, I was getting recognized a lot more. In Nebraska was funny. I was still being recognized as the weather girl, not so much MTV. (laughs) So I was getting asked for autographs. I was like, do you know who I am? They're like, yeah, you're you're the weather girl from News Channel Nebraska. And I was like, oh, nothing to do with uh, MTV. Okay, cool. Um, But yeah, so people were recognizing me and I traveled this summer. I took seven, eight weeks off and just, you know, I went to California with my daughter and back and then drove out to Miami and back and just needed to get out and see places and Um, So I met people on the road, which was cool. And then since being back um, for a little while after I sold my house, I kind of became a recluse for a little bit. I wasn't going out. I was just working. So I wasn't really meeting people. And I naturally just, as the show buzz started wearing off, was like, okay, like, it's not a big deal anymore. I could go to the grocery store. Nobody recognizes me. And for a while, they weren't. And then there's just one day. I was in Omaha and somebody recognized me again. I was like, oh, okay. And then the next day it happened. And then I started working um, at the bar and then I came in one night. I had only worked there like two nights. I came in one night with a couple friends and I just met this one girl and she was so excited about me being on the show. And she goes, do people recognize you? And I said, well, sometimes, right? I kid you not that like, fu- no, I think we were literally in the moment of talking about it. And some girl comes up and she's like, are you Brittany? Are you Brittany from Double Shot at Love? And so the timing could not have been more perfect. And then I think three more girls came up that night, the same thing. They just kept walking to me like, are you Brittany? And she's like, my friend that was there, she's like, does this happen to you often? I said, sometimes, but sometimes not. But that particular night, yeah. So it just depends. But yeah, I think a, a lot of guys are approaching me, but I don't even think they know that I'm on the show until the conversation starts. I think they're just approaching me because I feel like I put out a pretty
1: good energy and... All right. So let's get into, we posted on Instagram to ask some of our listeners um, and Instagram followers if they had any questions for Brittany. So (laughs) I'm just going to go through some of these because some of them are very funny and others um, we'll probably have a conversation about, but just say my name, Peter Burke, and that will make my day. Peter Burke, Peter Burke, Peter Burke. Ah! Hey. <laughs> so Peter dot Burke041 if you're listening. That was for you. <laughs> Shout out to Peter. Shout out. What do you look for in a guy that you're talking to? Energy I think, for sure? Yeah,
0: so well, yeah, energy would be a big thing. Confidence is huge. Like I'm I'm a very confident and like energetic woman. So I guess just my energy has to match theirs. You know, like I can't have a timid person. I need someone who can approach me and and tell me a nice compliment, genuine compliment and not be scared to talk to me. That's huge.
1: Tips for young guys to pick up cougars. Thanks in advance.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I've recently entered Cougarville. You know, it's interesting because it's hard for younger guys, for someone like me, because I am a woman. (laughs) You know, and so like I yes. need a man and it's hard for me to look at someone that young to be considered a man If I had any advice it would be be confident not cocky
1: um, Actually go to the woman and pay her a genuine compliment One thing you loved and one thing you hated about being on reality TV
0: What I loved actually is what happened after the show
1: I love having a platform that I can share my story and connect
0: with other people because that I love human connection so that's huge. What I didn't like is it took me a few months to just recover when I got back because it kind of stirs up your routine and it makes you question a lot of things because um, you're in such a unique situation so I didn't like how I felt coming out of that and then once I recovered then I loved it because I saw that it opened me up to a lot of amazing people. Do you ever want to be married again? Oh, absolutely. I 100% want to be married, but I'm already prepared to be a bachelorette for the rest of my life if I have to be. (laughs) So, because I don't play games and I don't settle. So I would love to be married, but I'll be single if that's what it takes to live the life I want to.
1: Did you know that tequila was the cure for the Spanish flu in 1918?
0: Uh I did not know that. Um Yeah, but you know, maybe it'll keep me healthy.
1: Do you think it would work on this coronavirus?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the coronavirus. So maybe we should just start prescribing everybody a shot of tequila.
1: Thank you, the Pisco Poppy, for enlightening us on tequila curing the Spanish flu because we did not know that. Chill Dude 1355 says, "Where did you come up with the cool name for the podcast?" Uh, yes. Well,
0: it's, it's just like, um, we were talking about how I was portrayed on the show. People think that I'm just this shy, timid, sweet little girl next door from Nebraska. And I'm really not. Once you get to know me, I'm quite feisty. And a bartender one time called me spicy and I kind of liked it and it stuck. And my friends always said, you know, when you drink, you get a little spicy. And, uh, yeah, I don't really know. Like margaritas just kind of came into it cause I love margaritas. And I said, Well, don't we all get a little spicy after a few cocktails? So that's just where the name came from. Something different, something fun, and something that has
1: meaning to me. Nice I Love 12 says, Are you still in touch with the Double at Love cast, including Vinny or Polly? Do you talk to any of them at all? I. Have occasional contact with some of the girls. I still follow
0: all the girls because I love seeing like all their successes and following their stories. And so occasionally I'll comment and they'll comment back. But that's for the most part it. I don't regularly keep in contact with any of them. As for the boys, I don't even follow them on social media. Uh, <laughs> Boy bye. Boy yeah. bye. Yeah. And when I left filming, I thought the guys were so great. Like I had so much respect for them. I just. After the reunion show I just felt a little different and um, I just didn't really care to see some of the posts so you know I, I wish them well and I have no hard feelings if I see
1: them in real life but I, I just choose not to follow them. Dave the Product says, we talked about what kind of men you like but what age is the cut for younger and older? Do you have an age cut off? <laughs> it used to be a lot more stern. Um, you know I want someone around my age
0: if I could um, but you know I'm going to be 35 here soon next month and four years younger four years older is probably my ideal just so I can be at the same life experience as someone but I'm open to much higher and lower if I vibe with the person they've got the right maturity and they've also had life experiences so I guess if I had to have an actual cutoff, I mean you've got to be legal to drink <laughs> and um, not a senior citizen, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's Is fair. that fair? No, I uh, I don't have like a specific cutout. I just, it's refreshing when I find someone, you know, close to my age, but it really just comes
1: down to the person and their energy. They have to have great energy. I don't want to sit at home every night. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, and then let's wrap it up with Albi Flow. Do you have any phobias or fears? Ooh, that's a good one.
0: I think probably one of my biggest fears is not living my life to the fullest. I think I do a pretty good job of putting myself out there, but when I fast forward to the end of my life, will I look back and say, did I do enough? I think that would be my biggest fear is feeling like I didn't and I'm out of time.
1: I love that. Very real. Yay. Well, thanks everybody who submitted questions on Instagram. That was fun. And we'll probably do something like that again in the near future so make sure that you are following both of us and the spicy margaritas podcast account just in case you want to contribute and chime in
0: yeah that was fun you know it's it's a great way to interact with you guys and you know we can always have some of you call in or, or use the anchor app you can leave a voice message i think it's great i mean we'll put your voice on the podcast so be careful what you say but i think that's what makes it fun a little spicy once again, thanks guys for listening to the Spicy Margaritas Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was kind of fun flipping the script and having Kaylee interview me and I hope that you can resonate with parts of my story and you know, I'd love to hear yours as well. So shout out on social media and let us know
1: what's up. Kaylee, you wanna talk a little bit about the different ways that they can connect with us? Sure. As always, we are on Instagram, and that's probably the best way to connect, um, at Spicy Margarita's Podcast. Um, You can find us individually as well. Brittany is at B-R-I-T-T-N-A-Y-T-H-E-R-E-S-E. And I am at M-I-S-S-C-A-L-I-M-A-R-I-E. That's Miss Kaylee Marie. Um, You can also find us on YouTube now. All of these episodes are actually video. You can watch us drink margaritas and make them on our YouTube channel. Find that, um, Spicy Margaritas. And then send us an email, spicymargaritaspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, bye. Until next time, guys. Stay Stay spicy. spicy. (laughs) We never do that right. (laughs) (laughs) We probably never will.